0: Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, Chokka, with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Churr! Kia ora, Tinakoto Katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Ketepehe Koto, how are you all? Well, Kate <laughs> pie, I am good. Well, now. <laughs> anyway, uh so sorry um it all my um for not putting out an episode last week. Uh I came down with COVID. Uh, it was my first time with COVID. Um and I am still exhausted. Um from just how wiped out you get but I have now pretty much finished coughing and having a sore throat and all of that kind of stuff Um, I'm almost testing negative I say almost because um, I still have a very thin line on my test Um, but I am back to work and, and been let out of the house after my seven days of isolation so Um, I'm essentially back, Um, but yeah, COVID is no joke. People, Uh, that really wiped me out. Uh, I really struggled to breathe for the first couple of days. It was pretty gnarly. Uh, I was almost puking and coughing, and I was getting a little worried and upset, and I couldn't really sleep, and, God, it was horrible. But after a couple of days, I felt the vaccinations that I've had – sort of kick in and and start fighting back and i tell you what i'm pretty glad for that because poof i don't know that i could have done many more days just feeling that truly awful uh yeah so i i i actually thought i might have had covid already in the past and maybe just didn't notice or didn't test you know at the right times or whatever but nope nope i'm pretty sure after having covid that i have not had covid previously <laughs> yeah that was yeah it was a, it was a time um so i'm pretty glad to be on the other side of it um i had to cancel a lot of uh games um pretty much shut down my entire life because i couldn't think uh, my brain was so foggy Uh, I missed my dad's um, 60th birthday, which was pretty upsetting because um, I'd planned the event with my sister. That was the whole point, like his two girls planning his big 60th party and having all the family there and hosting it. And my band uh, was actually my covers band was actually due to play the event um, and have everybody grooving on the dance floor and yeah all of that came absolutely crashing down um so i was pretty upset to miss seeing all the family and friends and stuff and and um help my sister run the thing leaving her completely you know on her own to try and set everything up and get everything done in time and kind of ruin the event by my dad being bandless um although nobody has made me nobody has said anything like that to be clear um my family were just gutted that i wasn't there and um i put together a, a banging playlist from home where i was and 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 they still had a great time and everybody had an amazing Time They did beautiful speeches which they recorded for me so I could see them um, Which made dad cry and it was all perfect apart from the fact that I wasn't there so um, but these things happen sometimes in life and uh, We just have to you know get on with it Basically dad still had a good time and really that's what's important so Yep, I was pretty gutted um, but It's okay It turned out (laughs) alright, so that's good. Um, I also missed a photo shoot for Fate of Eisen, uh, which bummed me out too, but that's okay. Um, Because Fate of Eisen, obviously, the main story that my DM has been telling for the last four years is done, and it's time for me to tell a brand new story within Eisen, um, also having a huge effect on the fate of the world. Um, So... Uh, I've got a brand new cast uh and I really wanted to grab some new cast photos where they were all mucking around together and having you know having a good time and getting some good posed photos like one at a table where we're playing together and one where they're pretending to be their adventuring selves you know um so I I paid and booked for a photo shoot uh that I was supposed to be at but instead <laughs> was not. So what they, what we decided to do, I mean, I could have tried to cancel it and tried to book another time, but honestly, trying to get five people together in a room to do something, um, is really hard when everybody's got busy lives. So I just went, ah, screw it. Just my face isn't really important. I'm just the DM. I really wanted to capture the characters for this anyway. Um, so they, I got them to rope in a friend, gave them a big old you know, fancy robe uh, and just was like, here you go, Uh, put your mate in this robe with the hood down and just kind of do the fancy angles or hold up a Dungeon Master's guide or hide behind the Dungeon Master's screen or something and we'll just pretend that's me. Uh, (laughs) Close enough um it'll be like i was there even though i'm not there um and we'll, maybe we'll play up the mysterious dm piece i don't know we'll figure it out um the point of the matter is the photo shoot got done uh we got some cool photos i haven't seen them yet but the um the crew were really excited about them they said they were really fun so i'm really excited to see uh what uh our photographer comes up with as the final product so that'll be great um again bummed i wasn't there but trying not to be too bummed you know like trying to just be like okay as i say crap happens and um there'll be other opportunities to do cool stuff uh coming up so yeah so what did i do while i was in isolation when i'm not playing games and i'm not doing you know i i couldn't really talk or breathe so I couldn't I couldn't really game at all even though I wanted to it's all I wanted to do is just play fun things with my friends and I couldn't so um my partner obviously being stuck in isolation with me uh he downloaded Diablo to the playstation the one where you can um play sort of co-op like two people on the same screen with two controllers and so we did that because I could sit on the couch and do that without too much of an effort, and if I had a coughing fit, we just paused it, and, you know, I went and got more hot drinks and stuff like that, and more lozenges and more cough medicine, and, you know, and then if I fell asleep on the couch halfway through a mission because I was really tired, he just kind of... Dragged me along behind him because you know like if you run, it zaps you into the screen still, so he just kind of did that, and I was a necromancer anyway, so I had like seven skeletons with me, so he's just running around my skeletons are helping him out like <laughs> it was it's kind of funny, um but you know it, it it was it was nice to still feel like you know I was playing a game or trying to trying to enjoy myself, I guess in a weird way like. You know, because I was so miserable about missing all of these things. He was just trying to find something to cheer me up, basically. And Diablo worked. It was good. Um, And then when I felt a bit better and I was actually able to do things, I started thinking about some of the creative projects that I have that are just waiting for me to pick them up again. And I've got a bunch of them. Um, Like, And I looked at all of my unpainted minis and I went, you know what, I think that's about the level of, energy slash concentration that I can give you know the way that I feel and how crappy my brain feels just super fogged wasn't up to like writing anything or anything like that but pretty sure I can paint a thing um so I did I I took uh the Shadalan dragon out of Icewind Dale uh it's a dragon that is actually made of black ice and uh the Durga like animated sort of um they basically make it like kind of like a robot they sort of make it like an engine that goes a little bit of magic in that as well but they essentially wind up this black ice dragon and ba- by the way and i i call it black ice but and it is it's like a crystal but it kind of uh prolonged exposure to it sort of makes you go crazy um which is super fun and i'm looking forward to rolling that out <laughs> on my players but um I bought the mini of it ages ago because it's just so cool like and I bought the um the cheaper version of it so that you have to kind of glue it and and put it together and that was it it's been a learning process because um I haven't really done anything with minis before and this is like a rather large mini which I thought would be easier to start with because you know that minis seem so small that Like, surely painting them and putting them together is really hard because it seems really fiddly, whereas if the pieces are bigger, right, like, that should be easier in theory, right? It worked in my brain. Um, Also, it looked cool. So I really wanted the opportunity to slap something down on the table that looked that awesome. So, yeah, I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned really basic things that I probably should have figured out before I did it. Like, I probably should not have glued the entire dragon mini down to the base before I painted it. Because now there's like a whole section of the base in the middle or the underneath of the belly of this dragon that I just can't, I just can't get to. I can't paint it because I can't reach it, (laughs) which is so stupid, but um, that's just going to be how it is (laughs) because I can't, I literally can't get to it. So learnings, learnings are important. Um, Probably could have glued other bits of it together and then glued that bit together later. I don't know. Like, figured it out. It's not really that important because it's underneath. I mean, who picks up the mini and turns it upside down to look at it? Um, But it's still definitely something to think about for next time. Um, Yeah. Uh, Also, I learned a lot because... um, The Fate of Eisen Discord has a couple of people in there that are really cool miniature painters. Like, really awesome. They do amazing work. Um, And so when I was telling them that I was going to paint this mini, they gave me a bunch of tips. Because the Shadal and Dragon, yes, it's black ice on the outside. And how do you make it look like ice? I I still haven't figured that out. Um, I'll tell you what I did in a minute. But it It is also powered from inside with like a a heat um it 's almost like fire on the inside of this thing so uh I got some tips on how to make like pieces of it like the open pieces of it look like f- kind of fl- fiery flamy you know hotness was coming out of that with the with the sort of fade from red to orange to yellow and then a little bit of white in the middle to make it look like it's burning that hot, you know, Um, which is really cool. It was a really cool tip. Um, I learned that purple does not have very good color coverage um, and you have to do a lot of layers of it and it still never really looks even. So I just kind of accepted that I wanted to do these purple pieces in the wings. um, Like, like, they'd strung up fabric or something to to make that piece work in between the bones that they'd made out of this black ice. But um, I just kind of accepted that it was never going to look even. And actually, like, every time I did a coat, I did the purple, like, really different. So sometimes I did it lighter and sometimes I did it darker and stuff to get that variation in the paint color purposeful and it actually looks really cool I'm really happy with it um I'm yeah I'm really impressed with it so that 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 worked out um and then to try and make it look like ice or you know like it shone sort of because I did the whole thing black and it just looked so boring like just black matte it's not clear that it's like shiny and sparkly and awesome right so I tried to do some silver touches to it, like just on the edges, like where, you know, where a ridge was or where a fold was or where it goes down kind of into a dip or, or you know, stuff like that. Tried to do like little pieces of silver to show the change in the sheen and the color and stuff. But um, the, you couldn't see the silver over the black, really. It just wasn't thick enough. And I was going to have to do lots of coats if I was going to do that. So what I ended up doing... Is brushing little pieces of white in the places that I wanted, which was very weird to do because I'd painted it all black and then it was just these little bits of white everywhere. It looked really strange. Um, and then, but then I put the silver over the white, which gave it way better coverage. And then I kind of watered down a bit of black, like a lot, and sort of washed the black back over. The silver and the white so it sort of darkened it back up again so it wasn't so because I'm not very accurate yet with a brush right so like was quite wide like I, I was doing these little bits of silver and white way wider than I meant to so the black wash kind of made it dull back down again and stuff I think I still think I'm not like getting what I want it what I wish it looked like across, but I think it looks okay. Like it's pretty cool. And then I was looking at the black, and I was like, it's still not kind of looking like icy, crystally to me, or like different shining faceted uh, sort of. So. I, I just painted a whole lot of purple and blue kind of splotches all over this black, like just splotch the crap out of it. Like I almost wanted a sponge, you know, to just like bish, 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 bush, bush all over it. Because as the purple and the blue dried, even though it looked bright when I put it on, it freaked me out to start with. And I was like, oh my God, I've made a horrible mistake. But as it dries, it's really hard to see it over the black. If you're doing these like thin coats of Like purple and blue and stuff so it still kind of looks black but if you shine it in the light you can see these little bits of bluey purpley kind of shining out of it so that looked kind of cool I was pretty happy with that um yeah I mean it's not perfect but I like it I think I think for my first ever painting of a mini it's not bad you know um I've actually included a picture of it in this podcast episode's like little picture I don't know what they call that the little profile picture of the podcast episode so you can check it out there um and I'll put up some more pictures on the Patreon too to show you like different angles and what I've done and stuff um maybe you could tell me how I could have done things differently if you're a mini painter like I'd love to see that or we could swap tips or we could swap photos um if you haven't already um, if you're a Patreon, you haven't already jumped into the glitter discord and stuff, come come visit in there and we can talk more minis. Cause I realize I have so many minis that are unpainted and I was petrified of putting a paintbrush <laughs> down onto them in case they ruined them. Genuinely. That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe they're better unpainted because they don't look dumb um and the minute I put paint on them they're going to look dumb but actually I've kind of changed my mind on that I think I think even having a go at putting paint on them and making them look colorful and cool actually does look better than the unpainted so I'm 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 over my fear now and um, I'm ready to tackle a whole lot of coloring in of minis I think that's what Uh, my COVID isolation has done for me, which is, you know, not the worst thing you can come away with Um, from COVID isolation is, hey, I've conquered my fear of painting minis. (laughs) I did my first one. Yay. Um, So that's kind of cool. Uh, The other thing I did over isolation, actually, which is also for my gaming, is I bought myself a new old, read old, because I bought secondhand, because who has the money for new furniture? But um, I bought myself a new dining room table and chairs set. It's the first ever set I've ever bought. That sounds weird to say, but it is. I'm like 39 and this is the first dining room set I've ever bought, mainly because I inherited a table and chairs uh, when I was much younger, like the crappy ones my parents kept, like for almost outdoor furniture. You know, I, I was using that when I was younger, and then when I was a bit older, I bought a table that folded down because I was living in flats all the time um, and half of the flats in Wellington anyway never had actually room for a dining room table and chairs that just you just had kitchen to lounge no dining room um, are you kidding me dining rooms are way too expensive for the flats that I could afford so um, I just bought this table that you could fold down and then put up if we needed to i um, just kind of in the middle of the lounge and then I just bought crappy chairs from you know the uh, uh, op shops you know for like 10 bucks each um and i've still had those for years like i've just been carting those around because i'm like eh, you know it gets the job done but it's been wobbly and the chairs are wooden with no padding so it's not terribly comfortable to spend like three hours playing a game on and i'm running sort of a few games now out of my house in-person games which is awesome um and i love in-person gaming um so i'm stoked to be able to get back to that it's almost like you know like the aftermath of covid we're coming we're coming to a place where we can kind of get back to doing these things again people aren't scared to do it anymore which is great so yeah like um but i realized <laughs> because one of the in-person games i've been doing is the Icewind Dale group that I just picked up, like the the new um the Sunday crew that I have. Um and they want to do every now and then do a game in person. And they came around to my house and they were very nice about the fact that they had almost no elbow room. Um, There was five of them plus me around this tiny table. And one of them had to sit on like a Kmart fold-out chair and oh it was embarrassing. So I was like, Jules you really need to sort this um and so over isolation i was just perusing trade me uh which is our i don't know uh i don't know what your it's kind of second hand everybody puts it up oh is it like craigslist over in the states i don't know like everybody just put lists they're like stuff that they don't want and they put a price on it and you can kind of bid for it and buy it and then you head into that whole conversation with like it's this available um you know that kind of stuff um So yeah, I was perusing that and I found this table, which is awesome. It's like mahogany wood, really nice looking, kind of old looking, which I love um, with these matching chairs that have like cute little like, um, they almost look like sort of acorns on the tips of them, making them look a little bit throne like, you know, not that big, not that big old back throne, but they have like cute little filigree on the top of them and little bit of design so they look a bit older and stuff but I'm really like I love that kind of style it's got a glass top to it which I don't love as much but it covers the wood so I think the glass top was made to make sure that the wood underneath didn't get damaged and you can remove it like it's just an extra piece of glass which is kind of a bit weird I don't know I don't know how I feel about it yet We haven't really needed to remove it so much. But the reason you would remove it is because the table itself is extendable. So you take the glass off and you can pull the table apart, and that extra piece in the middle comes up, which means I can get like eight or 10 chairs around this sucker if I really wanted to, which is just going to be game changing for running games. You know, now I can actually have a map in the middle plus, you know, drinks and snacks and, um, tablets and dice trays and all of the accoutrements that come with playing in-person D&D these days, you know, and I want I want people to have a fun experience where they can spread out and enjoy and relax when they come over, so if I'm going to be running more of this, it's really important to me to do it well, so I'm really happy to have uh, this table. I'm, I'm pretty goddamn stoked with it frankly um it cost me about 400 bucks for uh, a table and six chairs and it cost me another 200 or so to get a moving company to pick it up for me and deliver it contactless to my carport and then all I had to do was like pick it up from the carport and take it through the door and inside and I have a big old ranch slider door you know one of those big glass sliding doors at the back um on this little wee mini deck thing so we just took it up the stairs of the deck and and through the ranch slider and bob's your uncle brand new table um that was quite hard to do when i when i barely had any breath in me because of stupid covid um but uh we managed it i just had to take breaks <laughs> So ridiculous how tired and how breathless COVID makes you. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. The I um my sister was delivering food, like, you know, she dropped off some stuff, um, and I heard her knock and then I ran down the stairs because I was like, ah oh, crap, she's here. I'm upstairs. I ran down the stairs. It was like one flight of stairs, maybe like 14 stairs in total, right? And I was like, (gasps) when I got to the bottom, which I was just like, Jesus, this is ridiculous. Um, But apparently that's life after COVID. So uh, a little bit more of that in my future. But um, yeah, not too bad. I'm not feeling too bad um, now. So that's good. Uh, I'm happy to be talking to you and i'm happy to be back um playing games again this week and play another game of wrath of the righteous with uh joey and jason tomorrow so i'm really looking forward to that um yeah yeah it's just good to be back really (laughs) i'm very excited about it okay Anyway, enough from me. I didn't really get my nickname call from last week's episode. So um, all I really have for you today is one voice message from Jace to listen to. So um, play you on that and then we'll launch straight into what I know you're really here for, the next installment of the Tales of Equestria Adventure, A Dragon's Bounty. So uh, let's keep rolling on Um Thanks for keeping on listening. Okay, I'll let past Julia, who recorded this earlier, take it away. Hey, Jules, Jason here. I will send you a link, but, you know, Pink Phantom's been doing things on social media, just not podcasting. The most recent thing that that I've seen, if you go to a YouTube channel called Purple Druid Presents War Game Culture, there's an interview... With the Pink Phantom. And the Pink Phantom also does something, I don't know if it's Twitch or one of those things that I don't do. Um, so I, I can't really point that out, but I'll, I'll send you a link to this Purple Druid interview with the Pink Phantom and look forward to a podcast for the Pink Phantom. So, anyhow, great episode. And I will call you later after I have a chance to look at the map again for the ponies. Well, there you have it, folks. I love it when Anchorites prop to other Anchorites. We should all go and follow the various bits that uh, Jace uh, pointed out to us um, and support each other because I'm a big believer in that. So thanks for that. That was very interesting uh, and informative, and I'm sure the Pink Phantom will be very pleased to hear that you're all over their stuff. (laughs) All right, onwards. To the ponies. My little pony, my little pony, what is friendship all about? My little pony, my little pony, friendship is magic. Welcome back, every pony, to Tales of Equestria the adventure, a dragon's bounty. To remind you what's been happening, We've been lost in the twisting tunnels for quite a while. Well, I say lost. I mean, we did find a map, which was very helpful, and I have posted over on my Patreon publicly for everybody to see, um, which is helpful because it has enabled us to be a little less lost, I think. Um, so last time we were faced with three decisions again, In the Twisting Tunnels, we could go north or south or west. So, what did we decide we would do? In the Twisting Tunnels. Take it away, Pink Phantom. Hey Jules, Pink Phantom here. Well, it's pony picking time. Oh wait, that sounds like I'm at the track. No, I mean, I'm giving you my decision for what the ponies should do. And I think they should go west. Again, west. Always west. Onward to the west. Westward ho. Yeah. Yeah, westward ho. So here in the Twisting Tunnels, we turn west to section 62, where it says, you're still in the Twisting Tunnels, but west of you is the horde chamber. And the tunnel obviously continues behind you to the east. And it says here, if you go west, you enter the Horde Chamber. So turn to section 31. Or you can go back east. But I think it's quite clear. We're going west. That's where we want to go into the Horde Chamber. So turning to section 31. Okay. So you have entered area 5, the Horde Chamber. Which is, as we know, a part of the Red Dragon's Lair. So the first thing we need to do is find out if the red dragon is actually here. Now, because we haven't done this in a while, let's remind you of how this all goes. So we need to roll a d6 to determine the location of the dragon, and then we can place the dragon token on that corresponding area or whatever um as described if the dragon token lands on the horde chamber well that means that we're now facing a dragon and there's a whole lot to do there for that um if it's landing anywhere else well we don't need to worry about that so um we continue onwards but firstly let's see what happens okay uh rolling a d6 Okay, I rolled a 1, and a 1 is not the whole Chamber. Okay, so we're okay. Alright, so not facing down a dragon. So, it does say if we have a few things that we can turn to a section immediately, but we do not have these things that it mentions. Well, not both of them. So... Um, We do have, obviously, the things that we do have on us are an illustration of a cinderstone, a lamp, and an obsidian goblet, which we have, which we found in in one of the chambers, but um, we do not have the other thing. So let's go through what happens. What seems at first to be a natural cave has clearly been carved out in some places. Natural cave wall runs straight into smooth stone surfaces. Uneven rocky floor is cut into by long, straight steps that lead up a low platform. And it is lit with burning torches. The room is almost entirely filled with treasure. The dragon's hoard. Almost all dragons are known for their desire to hoard gems, gold and other valuable items, but red dragons tend to collect and defend the biggest hoards of any dragons. On top of that, Razor is a particularly ancient, enormous red dragon. His hoard is certainly reflective of his size and power. You are stunned for a moment by the sheer volume of gold that pours out of the half-open treasure chests across the floor. Silver cups overflow with translucent gems in a rainbow of colours and jewellery that must be hundreds of years old, draped across almost every surface. In the very centre of the room, surrounded by the mighty hoard, is a stone plinth. It is noticeably devoid of any treasure. Which is curious, because it looks as if it's supposed to be a display of some kind. It draws the attention, like the focus of a painting. But something is definitely missing. You suspect that this is where a missing part of the dragon's horde should be. You get closer to confirm this theory, and see a word carved into the surface of the plinth. Cinderstone. You look around to see if there are any clues as to where the cinder stone has gone. But there is so much treasure in this room, it's difficult to know where to start. And after a short while, you catch the flickering of bright lights out of the corner of your eye. Different from the torches lining the walls, you get closer and you see something very strange. Small orbs of flame are bouncing across the floor, bumping into each other and moving together in a line almost like ants, each orb is no bigger than a baseball, and looking closely, you can see that each has a small face on one side. They're creatures. They don't react to you approaching, and even stepping in front of, of them doesn't distract them. They bump into your leg, and they pile up against each other, eventually bouncing around and continuing on their way. When they touch you, it feels like sort of getting a bit too close to an open flame, so you move away again. And as you watch, you realize they are carrying things with them. Mostly gold pieces, small gems, and other bits of treasure from the dragon's hoard. And if that's the case, then perhaps these are the ones who took the cinder stone. Although they don't look particularly strong by themselves, the line of little flaming orbs extends into a side room of the main hoard chamber. Watching the little things work, you follow the line to its end. Within the side room is yet another strange object. This time, something that looks like an empty frame that should be holding a mirror or a pane of glass. It is quite ornate, and it has various words etched around the outside. And you watch in disbelief as the flame creatures walk right through the frame and disappear into thin air. You don't know exactly what this thing is, but clearly it has some strong magic power. One thing does make sense, though. These creatures are so small, the dragon probably wouldn't have even noticed them. So if they somehow managed to take the cinder stone, the dragon would be none the wiser. Why would these creatures take the cinder stone? More importantly, you think, where would they take it? Where are they disappearing to? You decide to investigate by poking your hoof through the empty frame, and nothing. It doesn't disappear, It doesn't glow with magic. It just kind of goes straight through the middle of the frame. You study the creatures for a while. Maybe they have some kind of magic that you don't, allowing them to use this frame as a kind of portal. You do gain some information from the words etched around the frame. You're not sure of where it came from, but it at least is in the common equestrian language. It says... The gate to the realm of the Sultan of Cinders is open only to his kindlings. You guess that these little flame creatures are the kindlings that the inscriptions mention, seeing as they seem to be able to use the frame as a kind of portal. The gate to the realm of the Sultan of Cinders. It's not immediately familiar, But after a while thinking about it, you remember something you learned fairly recently in school about a place called the Fire Plane. The Fire Plane is a place of intense heat where fire magic is very strong and creatures of pure magical fire called elementals exist. According to your geography teacher, it's actually way underground, so deep under the surface of Equestria that it's impossible to physically travel there. But there are portals between Equestria and the fire plane, and this frame could be one of those portals. These kindlings seem like elementals being made purely of magical fire, and the Sultan of Cinders could be another elemental back in the fire plane. You remember hearing that portals to the fireplane can only be opened in very hot places, such as volcanoes. Seeing as these kindlings can clearly use the portal, you think it might be a good idea to convince one to help you. From the back wall of the Horde Chamber, another dark, twisting tunnel leading down into the mountain does also look interesting and worth investigating. So, every pony. Here's your choice. If you would like to convince a kindling to help you, we will turn to section 46. But if you want to explore the tunnels some more and see if you can figure out something else, then turn to section 62. What will it be? Are we talking to a kindling? Or are we heading back into the tunnels? You'll have to let me know. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. All right. We're done. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for sticking with me through this gap and COVID and everything. (laughs) I really appreciate you all still being out there, um, doing your thing. I've been listening to various podcasts to get me through um, and uh, you're all awesome. So big thanks to you for listening. I really appreciate it. Big, big personal thanks to my gems who I could not do any of this without. Um, So James, Jason, Barry, Liren, Ezekiel, KP, Joey, Dusty, Carl, and BJ, I I love you all. You're all shiny, sparkly gems um, that are just ingrained in my heart. Um, Sounds painful, maybe a little dangerous, but maybe that's who you are. Dangerous. Anyway, um, thanks to <laughs> thanks to Jason and the Pink Phantom for calling in um, and making me put out an episode because I was like, oh god, it's been forever, uh, uh, so I should get this out. Um, so thank you for being my motivation. Uh, and I just really want to say, no order my please stay well and look after yourself. Being ill is no fun for anybody, and I hate it so. <laughs> I just want you guys all to be okay. So, yes. Inoura, kakite ano, and arohan nui. Goodbye. I will see you again really soon. And I love you all very much. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Just stay well. Ugh. Gross. COVID is so gross.